Hey guys, it's great to be back with you. This past week, me and my wife have been moving, so it's been kind of crazy around here. Um, but that brings me to the topic that I chose for this week, which is the cost of fear. I feel like our level of fear in, in society right now is extremely high. Everywhere you go, you just see people that our entire society is kind of plagued by fear. And, uh, and also, with the move and everything, um, you know, that just kind of causes tension whenever you have a, a life change. So um, a lot of things have to be addressed when you think about the money and all that stuff. So um, both for me personally and for our society in general, it feels like fear is really a big factor in, uh, in what's going on right now. So um, I asked my dad to contribute some thoughts on what fear has cost him. I hope this encourages you. Wow, what a great way to frame this whole concept of cost uh, and fear and putting those two together because fear has cost me so much. You know, when you, the way you say that, how much is, has fear ever cost you anything? Man, it's cost me so much as I soberly look at myself. And there is a scripture that says, look at yourself soberly. But as I look at my life soberly, I looked at how fear had cost me so much. I mean, even as a child, I really kind of controlled just about my entire existence. My, the first vacation my parents took where they had nine children, uh, I had a cousin say that there was bears up there in the, in the woods in the area we were going to go camping, and I refused to go. And I stayed with my cousin. It's interesting, I stayed with him, and if there was any bears anywhere, it was over at his house. I mean, they, those people were crazy. And But I missed that vacation, and that, right there, just that simple example, but there's so many. Uh, everything from my education to opportunities with business, my career, everything had something to do. Fear kind of try to frame my thinking. It was the frame the framework of my thinking and I uh, you know this is a thought that has about I don't know 15 20 years of thought for me but anyway the you know I really boil it down for me it's I'm either today gonna live a fear-based existence or a faith-based existence and a lot of times I weave in and out of it uh, to, to be honest as I'm transparent I weave in and out of that sometimes I get uh, fearful as I see maybe even current events and the news and and I wonder where the world in my culture and all that's going but the my temptation the biggest temptation in my life and it's cost me more than anything that has come into my life is fear is the cost of fear wow it has been huge and Thankfully, uh, I really, to be quite honest with you, I almost backed out of my marriage uh, because I was afraid. And I know that's a common thing. They say you're getting cold feet. And I'd never been married before. So early on, I really had to navigate the waters of fear. And it was very, it was a real crazy ride. And thankfully, it wound up where I embraced my faith and I embraced some courage and got beyond that fear and been married now for 31 years in October here or August excuse me I'll be 31 years so Zach great topic there's a lot of people that probably didn't even realize how much has been costing them and as we go forward it'd be great if people would embrace a faith base versus a fear base because your creativity and everything comes out of the faith based if you knew you couldn't fe fail if you knew that if you feared nothing what would you do? Those are, that's a better way to approach a day. 
in your life, and it's certainly the best way that I approach the day of mine. So God bless you. Good, good topic. Awesome. Good stuff, Zach. So we posed the question this week, what has fear cost you? We always think about weighing the cost of what it will mean if we take the chance, if we go for something and fail, if we're just sort of humiliated. And, you know, most of the time when you take a risk on something, when you try to create something, a podcast, music, uh, anything, a business, most people just kind of ignore you. You know, they say they knock you all the way to the top and then when you get there, they'll pretend they were with you the whole time. That kind of thing. We're such social beings that um, when we see someone kind of trying something new, we don't get on board until we see everyone else get on board. And um, so that pressure keeps us from um, really trying anything. The anxiety of being seen as doing something that people don't care about, that we really fear that. Uh, we really fear being viewed that way. When I really think about how has fear cost my life something, for me, fear is kind of a miserable comfort zone, and this is something that I have to combat um, kind of every day. If I just let my mind go, I'll, I'll just fear into this place where I kind of live in a constant state of fear out of some need for security. You know, there's this old cliche that fear is false evidence appearing real. And I think there's part of it that's true, which is this idea that the things we're afraid of aren't as bad as they seem in our head. If we would get them out in the open, they're not as big as we think. And there is some truth to that, definitely. But this idea that it's false evidence appearing real, like this idea that the things we fear um, are false or fake or whatever, I don't buy that. I think the fears that really damage our lives, that really like ruin our lives, do have rationality to them. They do have logic to them. And that is why they're so powerful. The things, in my opinion, that we fear most and that, that keep our life in a box that we wish it weren't, that give us a glass ceiling, are ways that we really have been hurt before. We really have been deeply wounded somewhere. And so the fear of it happening again is not a theoretical one. I think um, the worst fears are the ones that are logical. And so my goal with this podcast is to um, myself and hopefully um, facilitate for other people being able to push beyond that, to know that we could really be hurt in a way that we haven't been before or that we have been before, but to still live in faith anyway. The other thing um, that is a cost of fear is resentment. The natural next step of, res of fear, of living in fear, is not only regret, but resentment. That almost all anger and deep rage is just at the end. When I think about the times that I have really been resentful and been deeply uh, enraged, it's because somewhere before that, I was a coward, and I'm being confronted by my own weakness. I'm being confronted by my own uh, inadequacy, and so when I see that, I get angry, but in reality, it's a reaction to being um, really demolished by having to look at the fact that I gave in to fear, and that I'm now paying the price of having given in to fear.
Um, they say that people regret not taking chances more than they regret chances that go wrong. And that's another cliche that can feel empty or whatever, but it does seem to be true. That even when things go wrong, you're more proud of yourself if you did try something than if you just curled up in a ball out of fear. Um, fear can very easily be a miserable comfort zone because at least you can count on it. You know, I think that's kind of the basis of depression um, is something really um, traumatic happens and then we kind of are always in a self-protection mode. We're always trying to make sure that we're not about to be hurt and that the ground is not about to be taken out from under us. That we check every behind every door for um, for a killer. We check under every bed for a monster. We check, you know, that that like impulse to feel like we're always about to be taken advantage of. You know, it it does come for logical reasons. It happens because we have been hurt before. But to really leave that place and to do things that can be done to give ourselves a more peaceful life, so that we do not have to live in that fight or flight um, constantly, and then to move even beyond just being safe and to moving into being courageous. Um, I don't have all the answers of how to do that other than to do it in tiny ways over and over again. You know, just doing this podcast for me um, is overcoming a lot of uh, performance anxiety or just anxiety in general. Just making myself do it and say, look, uh, you want to do this and you fear doing it. And the fact that you fear doing it is kind of proof that you want to do it. Um, as it pertains to that, and I want to use this one last thing to wrap this up, if there is something you want to do, whether it's address something with your spouse or try a new career or whatever it is, um, if you fear it, that does mean that there is some value to you there. That is where you need to look. The thing that you will avoid at all costs um, is the area where you want to look and, and you need to um, try to be honest enough to look right at that, assuming that you can get somewhere and that it, it can be done. Someone is doing it. When we see other people's lives that are successful, we look at the things they did years leading up to that and we just think, yeah, that kind of makes sense. They did that and then they did that. And it makes sense that they were on track to that eventual success. From where we sit, it looks linear. I was just listening to a podcast with a guy who wrote a book series which was turned into an extremely popular TV show. And as I listened to his entire life being condensed into an hour, it makes sense that he went from one thing to the next thing to the next thing, had some highs and lows, but ultimately was going to end up on top of the world because he has condensed it into such a small amount of time. But it's very important that we remember that just like us, every person who has had any form of what we would deem success has had an incredible amount of days in the middle where they thought the world was falling apart, where they thought they weren't, what they were doing wasn't worth anything, where they had an insane amount of self-doubt and um, just feeling like they were just spinning their wheels, just walking in a giant circle. That when we see someone succeed, we assume that they didn't have that, that they don't have that, that they are a success and that they always were, and that their mind has always kept them in that place. But that is not true. We are all delicate. And we all go through these times where we really doubt what we're doing and if it's working. 
And so if you're in that place, if you're just down at this moment because something has come out uh, from nowhere and hit you and kind of taken your feet out from under you, um, you know, don't be afraid to believe that the thing you thought had value probably does have value. And, um, you know, I think about how much I value certain things that are just small things that I just find a lot of enjoyment out of, whether it be another podcast or music or in any, any of these small things. There's small things that are often about very shallow subjects, but I just find enjoyment. They, they bring joy into my life. And so as I think about my ability to enjoy things that are imperfect, it allows me to kind of keep a perspective on the fact that maybe someone could enjoy something about what I have to give, even if it is also imperfect. And so um, just this idea that we look at other people as predestined successes and we look at ourselves as an unstable train wreck. Um, and that in reality, if we practice what that successful person will practice, which is getting back on the horse over and over again, falling, getting up, falling, getting up, and just never, um, and getting increasingly uh, unbothered by that. That is truly um, how we get wherever we want to wind up. And, uh, and I think that where we will want to wind up changes over time as our priorities change. But um, anyway, fear has cost me so much. Fear cost me so much in my marriage. Think about the way that I react to my wife and how much of it is just because I have a presumption of fear. I have a presumption of negativity. And that is the thing that is that I'm kind of having to bring into focus now to say like, to try to self-evaluate like, okay, before I react this way, why am I so afraid? Why do I live with so much fear? And what are the big questions that underlie that fear that I can try to bring out in the open, that I can try to get some more answers to so that I do not have to live this way, so that I do not have to hurt the people around me by being someone who is fearful. Um, so... Uh, it all stems from God in the end and the problems that we may be having with him and running from those problems um, does not solve it. But addressing them in belief that there is an answer to the questions we have and to the fears and the doubts we have um, is kind of the heart of how we get to a more peaceful life. Um, I hope this has been a blessing to you and uh, I hope that just as you try to address the next thing in your life that is going to involve facing a fear, um, that you'll do it and that you won't give up because if we do, when we do run away, you will pay for it. You'll pay for it every single day by this self-hatred, by this dread of existence. It's such a relief in the moment to give up, but the day after that and every day thereafter, we live with this self-hatred, with this dread of knowing that we gave up. And if you want to avoid that feeling, if you want to know that you lived fully we must walk out of fear. We must know that there are things that are going to try to hurt us. But we're just going to go anyway. I love you guys. I hope this has encouraged you.